0: How do we navigate COVID-19? Uh, we, um, this is a pretty in-depth uh, teaching series, and we may probably go through this the rest of this year as we get together each month because we really want to take our time and walk through this understanding. Even after we're past COVID-19, the principles that we're about to bring forth and talk about will carry you the rest of your life Um, and we really want to address this issue of how do I know when God is speaking to me? How do I recognize his voice versus all the other voices? And we're going to be pretty much covering a principle of getting through times like this, getting through trials where we're talking about endurance and wisdom that um, brings us to a place of spiritual maturity because spiritual maturity is absolutely necessary to get through trials to go through seasons like this and there's a particular uh, passage of scripture that we have read many of us have read and been taught this passage through the years and we've been taught it from a standpoint where it's 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 the teaching has kind of been okay but it's not really what that passage of scripture meant those of you that know us that that we are really, really big on us rightly dividing the Word of God and understanding what Scripture actually meant, what the writers were actually saying, and not what various preachers and TV evangelists and all that kind of stuff have pulled Scriptures and words out of time context and applied meanings to, to the Scriptures, that that's not what it meant. You guys remember when we talked about... Um, The proper ways that elements should be mixed together so that you get the right results. Remember, we talked about hydrogen and oxygen in particular. And you've got to have, when it comes to if you want water, you have to have two hydrogen atoms and one oxygen atom come together to make water, H2O. That's why that formula is called H2O. It's two hydrogen, one oxygen, H2O makes water. But if you combine Two hydrogen atoms with two oxygen atoms, you get H2O2, which is hydrogen peroxide. And you drink that in its purest form, and it'll kill you. It's the same elements, hydrogen and oxygen, but mixed together in uh, different quantities and different, quant- in different uh, you know quantities and ratios, you get completely different results. Well, that's what's been happening with the Word of God. Uh, people who did not understand the principles of the word of God and how to rightly divide the word of God have sometimes given God's people hydrogen peroxide. And they're thinking, well, it's still the word of God. So it still should work. Well, you didn't rightly divide it. You brought together in wrong quantities and ratios. And therefore when people of God tried to live that out in real life, they faltered they failed and they and it was poisonous for them and they began to question god and question the validity of the bible itself and so this is one of those scriptures that that has happened to this is james first chapter i'm going to we're going to start with verses 2 2 and go 2 through 8 and james says this he says consider it nothing but joy my brothers and sisters Whenever you fall into various trials, and you may be wondering what version of the Bible I'm reading from, reading from the Amplified, and I like the Amplified because it goes into the actual definitions of words coming straight from the Greek uh, language, what those words actually meant. Uh, So it's not just somebody taking the King James Version of the Bible and putting it into modern phrases like a lot of the Bible translations have done. No, this is actually going back to the original language and giving us what those words meant at that time in the world. <laughs> and, and that, so, in, that in that culture. Consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. Be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance, leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. Mm -hmm. And let endurance, King James, I know it says that patience, but the word is actual, let endurance have its perfect result, Mm -hmm. and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect or mature and completely developed in your faith, lacking in nothing. Then it seems like he changes the topic, but he's not. And this goes into, remember when you took uh, things like English grammar? and constructing sentences. Well, this is what's involved here. When you he didn't change the subject, he was addressing something very specific that he began with at the beginning of the sentence. So verse five says, if any of you lacks wisdom to guide him through a decision or circumstance, so we gotta go back to what, how, what, what, what just happened? We well, you go back to consider it all joy when you fall into various trials. Then jump to verse five and say, and if any of you lacks wisdom, to guide him through a decision or circumstance or a trial that you're going through. He said, he is to ask of our benevolent God who gives to everyone generously and without rebuke or blame, and it will be given to him. What will be given to him? Wisdom. And this is where the poison has come in or the mixture has come in. People, many teachers have erroneously said, thought that when, when they're talking about if you ask of God and what you're asking of God will be given to him, he wasn't just saying ask anything of God. He was being very specific. When you're in the midst of a trial, you need to ask God for wisdom to get you through the trial. You don't ask God for what I want to get me out of this trial. No, ask God for wisdom. Now, you can see why so many people have been tripped up by this scripture. Because they've been told when you're in the midst of a trial, ask God to deliver you. And his word says that if you ask, it'll be given to him. The deliverance. And that ain't what he said. I'm not saying God won't deliver you, but his way of delivering us. Now you go back to verse three. Be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance, leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. In other words, God is going to let us go through some things so that we can have an experience
1: with him
0: that produces at least an endurance,
1: strength,
0: intestinal fortitude, spiritual maturity. Inner peace.
1: Amen. In
0: other words, he ain't gonna always bail you out.
1: Amen. And All that
0: because right. so now you can understand if you've ever prayed and said, God, get me out of this, because the preacher said I could just ask and you would give it to me. That ain't what he said. <laughs> he said, Ask God for wisdom that'll guide me through the decisions I need to make and guide me through these circumstances and that God you will give it to me. Give me what? He's going to give me the wisdom that I need to get through this. Wow. Anybody blessed right now? Thank you, you, (laughs) father. Thank you, Lord. So then when you continue on to verses 6 through 8 and he says, but he must ask for wisdom in faith. Mm You see that, everybody?
1: Uh While you're in
0: the midst of a trial, a circumstance, a situation, you must ask for wisdom Mm -hmm. in faith without doubting God. For the one who doubts is like a billowing surge of the sea that is blown about and tossed by the wind. So, Okay, where did all that coming from? Doubting God? Well, that means that whatever wisdom God gives you, don't doubt it. That's what he's saying. Whatever wisdom he gives, the insight he gives, the instruction he gives, don't doubt it. Because if you do, you're going to end up like a billowing surge of the sea that's blown and tossed by the wind.
1: Mm -hmm. And a lot of times the wisdom that God gives us is something that's uncomfortable. It's outside of our box. It's not something that we expect. A lot of times when we come to God and ask for something, we ask for wisdom we have a way that he wants us to do it, that we want him to do it. Um, but his ways are higher than ours. They're different from ours. Um, God is eternal. He works outside of time. And he's He's always working on our behalf. He's, he's always setting things into place, setting things into motion, so that when he gives us wisdom, it's be, he has something specific in mind because he knows what he's done for us he knows what he has put into place for us so that when we ask him for for wisdom when we ask him for knowledge and understanding and knowing how to apply it to our specific circumstance in life we need to obey the specific strategy he gives us the wisdom that he gives us Yes. um, in order for for It for what we need to come to pass yeah it's always going to be outside of our box until we get used to doing things his way way. and his way is so different than the world's way of doing things it's different than the way uh that the world teaches us to even handle life so it's it's different it's higher because he lives outside of time he's in eternity, and He has already set things into place in the motion.
0: Anybody say Amen? Say Yes, Lord. Amen. Just right there where you are in your home. Just uh, take a moment and say, Lord, I receive Your wisdom.
1: Lord, I receive
0: your That's right. I receive it. I receive it. Whatever it is that You're telling me to do, then Whatever. I receive that. Thank You, because this gets us out of that habit, that unfortunate habit that has been permeated over the last 50, 60 years in a lot of uh, American church Christianity, and that is we tell God what we want. We, we instruct the Lord. We God, I want you to do this. I, I want this kind of house. I want to have five bedrooms and three bedrooms. And here's the color scheme that I want. And I want my want Lord, here's the husband that I want. Here's the wife that I want. God, she got to be. Five foot four, and she's got to weigh this much, and she got to be looked like this. And I want to see, we, we got this everything was shaped out and figured out how we want it, and we've been told that. And then we ask God for it, and we believe in faith for what we want. And that's yeah. not what this passage was about at all.
1: <laughs> yes, yes
0: that's not what this scripture was about at all it was talking about when you are in a fiery trial a hard time then you ask god for wisdom to get me through it and i ask in faith and
1: that wisdom is always going to agree with his word it's always going to be you'll always be able to find the principle of what the strategy he gives you the wisdom he gives you—it's always going to agree with his word, verbatim or in principle. And that's where
0: we're—that's where we're headed for. Okay. And in fact, uh, and want to look at verse seven here. For such a person, may have, some of you may have wondered, what does it mean to be double-minded? Then, because I've been told double-minded means I'm the type of person that's a backslider, and I'm in and out of the church, and I'm in and out of the faith. And that's what it means to be double-minded. No, that that's not, again, that's not what the writer was talking about. Uh, he said, for such a person, a person who's tossed to and fro by the wind, ought not to think or expect that he will receive anything at all from the Lord. Now, why would he say that? This is the foundation of scripture for a lot of what we're sharing with you right now. Mm-hmm. A person who's not willing to receive wisdom from God mm-hmm you don't you shouldn't be expecting to get nothing from god if you're not willing to receive his wisdom so all that naming and claiming and speaking and decreeing and all that ain't nothing happening
1: there it is in
0: the scripture you're not willing to ask god for wisdom and then obey the wisdom that he's given you then you might as well shut up and quit naming and claiming and professing and all the stuff and all the, ain't nothing happening there it is his word says it <laughs> Such a person Ought not to think or even expect That he will receive Anything from the Lord Because you won't Listen to God You won't receive what he's Telling you And he's saying So don't even expect it And then he goes on said, because Being a double minded man And here's what it means to be un- Double minded Unstable and restless in all his ways. And then it gives you the, the definition of what that means. Unstable in everything he thinks. Unstable in your feelings. Unstable in your decisions. And why are you unstable? Because you won't listen to God. You won't seek him for his wisdom. And when he gives it to you, you won't receive it. You So why are you double-minded? Because Part of you, part of your mind says, okay, I know what God wants me to do. I I know how He wants me to live. And I know how He expects me to live, but I ain't doing that. What I want to do is tell God what I want, how I want it, when I want it, in Jesus' name. (laughs) So you are double minded. You've got the mind of Christ trying to operate, and you got your own mind trying to operate. And the only result is that you become unstable and restless.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No peace. No peace. So now your thoughts are unstable. Your emotions are unstable. So therefore your decisions are unstable.
1: Right.
0: Can you guys see that today?
1: Amen. Yes.
0: Amen. Bless the Lord. I trust that this is really helping you today. Now my wife started saying something. uh, Because the key question to ask yourself then is, okay, I keep hearing you guys say that I got to ask God for wisdom and do what he's telling me. So the big question is, how then do I navigate through this trial? How do I recognize when God is speaking to me? You keep telling me to ask God for wisdom and ask God for what I'm supposed to do. Then how do I know? If after I ask him, how do I know if the answers that I'm receiving, if that's God or not?
1: Mm-hmm. He
0: says ask, ask in faith. So what does it mean to ask in faith? Well, first of all, you have to really understand what faith is, because most of us have been taught that faith is believing God real hard until you get what you ask for. Am I right? Faith is holding on real hard. Until he does what I ask. That's not what faith involves. Faith involves three key elements. Always remember this the rest of your life. We're entering that. We're fulfilling a promise right now. Some of you guys may remember last year. We told you we're going to go through a teaching series and talk about how to recognize when God is talking to me. And we felt like with what's going on with COVID-19, this is the best time to talk about how do i know when god is speaking to me so faith involves three key elements first of all you have to get insight from god then there's agreement with god and then finally obedience to god always remember that write that down if you or you can screenshot this if you want to use your phone and take a picture of the screen because this will help you the rest of your the rest of your life. This will absolutely revolutionize your understanding of faith, and it will revolutionize, revolutionize your walk with God. If you know what faith really is, faith is not just believing real hard until God does what I ask of him. Faith always involves getting first of all, getting insight from God and agreeing with what God told you. And then obedience to God. So first of all, and this is as far as we'll get today, uh, and that's insight from God. How do I know if what I'm getting, if it's actually coming from God? Mm -hmm. And that's what Carol, Pastor Carol was just talking about and getting into. How will you recognize? So first of all, if it's coming from God, it will be true or it will comply with or to the word of God whatever it is, if it's a dream, a vision, a thought, whatever, somebody talking to me, first of all, is this true? And what we mean by true, does it comply with or comply to the word of God? Does it agree with the word of God? Did it come from the word of God? And that's either, here's the next thing. How do I know if God is speaking to me? Whatever God has given me, Uh, you have to answer this question. Is the inner witness of the Holy Spirit or is the peace of God present? So those are the first ones. How do I know when God is speaking to me? It has to be true or comply with the word of God. The second second one is the inner witness or the peace of God will be there with what's coming to you. And then the last one, this one plays out over a period of time. Uh, but it's still true nonetheless and that is over a period of time the people the places and the things meaning the circumstances will begin to conform or change or surrender to the revealed known will of God mm-hmm. that's how you know something is from God it'll be in a it'll be true to his word the peace of God will be on it will be present and over time you'll watch People, places, and circumstances begin to change and surrender to what it was that God said he was going to do or that he promised. Sometimes things happen in a matter of minutes or seconds from what God tells you. And in the other times, like with us, it, it took 15 years for us to begin to see the manifestations of the promises that God gave us when we came here to Harrisburg.
1: Yes, yeah, it's taking
0: me along. And so, what caused us to hold on that long? Because we kept going back to asking God for wisdom. And those who have been on this journey with us, am I right, Mom, Dennis? Yes. We kept asking God for wisdom. Keep yes. asking God for, give us your insight. And what He will give us, it will come from His word. And He would sense His peace. And so, we'd hold on and keep believing and do the next thing that He told us to do. And we've watched over time as God began to position us and put us with the right people at the right place at the right time. And now we're seeing these blessings where we're in business and we have contracts and we're serving in the community. But we can tell y'all when we first got here, it wasn't like this <laughs> at all. All we saw was abandonment and people giving up and. People coming in and out of our church and people breaking their promises. And y'all know, y'all know you've been in South Central Pennsylvania all your life. So, you know, y'all, most of y'all can say, say, Pastor Chris, welcome to Pennsylvania. (laughs) But over time, uh, the things began to conform to what God had told us. And so the first one: How do I know God is speaking to me? Is this thought, idea, feeling, this dream, uh, is it true to the Word of God? Does it comply with the principles of the Word of God? That's what we mean. It will either be by the very principles of the Word of God. That is, that or you know, it be the word that we use, and that's what you heard Pastor Carroll say: verbatim. A verbatim means word for word. You can find it in God's Word, and here's even more true. We're talking about the precise meaning and the definition. Context, yes. That's why we're so big on understanding the word of God in context, because sometimes you can find the verbatim word for word. I mean, if you, you've heard James, the first chapter, taught and preached for years, but because it wasn't taught in context, we got the wrong understanding. So even though God was speaking to us, the, the, the meaning of what he was speaking has been distorted. It's been lost for many believers. I can't say everybody, but for many, many believers, they never understood what James was really talking about. And so people have been trying to believe and hold on in what they thought was faith for God to change things. And they didn't see what we just described to you. They didn't see things changing over a period of time. There They never since the peace of God, his certainty and assurance about what they were trying to believe in faith for. And the, the biblical principles wasn't being followed at all. And God's meaning and definition of it wasn't being administered or applied at all. So how do I know God is speaking to me? First of all, I've got to have insight from God. And when you talk about insight, we're talking. We're saying that whatever wisdom that's coming to you, that idea, that feeling, that dream. Some people sometimes people said, "I had a dream. God gave me a dream." Well, was that true to the word of God? God gave me a dream that so and so is going to be my wife, but she's married to another man right now. Uh, I don't think so.
1: <laughs> so
0: but I think, but I believe, I believe that there was God giving me that dream that so and so's wife gonna be mine. Oh,
1: oh good. That's
0: see, see, see what I mean? But there have been people who have done that. They say God told me that so-and-so's wife gonna be mine. And I feel like that's the, the, the drink, but I don't care how much you think that it was God. It don't conform to God's word. That's not part of the principles of God's word. God ain't going to tell you that somebody else's wife is yours.
1: Yes, right. See what
0: I mean? But now I use an extreme example because I want you guys to understand that's where people have been living and are living today. They're claiming many things to be. God told me. I'm As I was growing up in the 70s and the 80s, There were a number of mass murders that took place in America. And when they would interview those people, they would say, God told me to do this. God told me. So that's why this is very serious when we talk about getting insight from God and knowing what the criteria is. What's the measurement to determine if something is actually from God? Is it true to his word? Does it comply with the principles of his word? Does it carry verbatim or the precise meaning in the definition that God meant in his word? Because if it didn't, I don't care if it came to you in, in spectacular lights and living color, technicolor, vision, special effects, bombs and smoke, it ain't God. <laughs> It's just not god many people think that everything that's spiritual is god but how many of you know that there's a whole lot of spiritual stuff going on that's not god
1: right amen
0: witchcraft demonology the occult all that stuff is real too it's spiritual stuff people get ideas from that realm they get feelings from that realm They get dreams and visions from that realm. But if they don't understand that there's a difference between godly spiritual and demonic spiritual, they'll think it's all God. Amen. There are many Americans who think that everything spiritual is all the same. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: They really do. They think it's all the same. So when they hear a teaching like this, they'll think, yeah, I get insight from God. I get insight from God every day.
1: No, no, no.
0: So I picked up my horoscope and I read what my what, what my uh, <laughs> sign is. And the stars determine what I'm going to, who I am, my personality, and all of that. He said, Pastor Chris, you just messed up. You just talked about Zodiac. I'm telling you, everything <laughs> spiritual ain't from God.
1: Amen. Yeah.
0: Is that in the Word of God? I mean there are many of us. We, we go by our sign and, and our horoscope, but are you being led by the principles of the Word of God? Or are you being led by a demonic, devilish wisdom? Because all wisdom isn't from God. But but Chris, but Pastor Chris, this stuff works. I didn't say it don't work. Witchcraft works. Right. The occult stuff works. Horoscopes work. It all, a whole lot of stuff works, <laughs> but the issue is, where did it come from?
1: <laughs> and where is it going to? Lead and where you? is it
0: going to lead you in the That's end?
1: That's right. That's right. Man to that. I end. hope this
0: is blessing somebody today, right now. So, yeah. so, and no matter where you are, I say, Lord, Lord, I only want Your voice. I only want Your Lord, word. I want, your voice. <laughs> I want You. I want Your, I want your wisdom.
1: Thank you Lord. I don't
0: want to be tossed to and fro like this, like the waves on the sea. I don't want to be unstable in my ways. I don't want to be double minded. I don't want to have the mind of Christ and the mind of demonic wisdom. I, mind of mind of wisdom. I don't want to have the mind of Christ and the mind of natural wisdom. I don't want the mind of Christ and just the mind of my emotions. I want the mind of Christ. I want your wisdom alone. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Isn't that good today? Thank you, Lord. Here's just a couple of scriptures that you'll need just to help you along the way so you won't know, so that you know uh, the scriptural references, where we're coming from. From John 14, verses 25 through 26, it says, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, Remember. and bring to your remembrance all oh, things yeah. I said to you. Somebody say amen. 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 Yes. See, we're led by the Holy Spirit. That's that God speaking to us, giving us that wisdom and insight. And he said, I'm going to bring back to your remembrance the things that I said to you. So again, that's why I important to read your word, because he's going to bring it back. He's going to bring it you to your remembrance. Thank you, Lord. He's going to answer that cry. And say, God, give me wisdom when I'm in a trial. How many of you have had God speak to you right out of His word? He brought some scripture
1: yeah.
0: back to your remembrance while you were going through something. Uh, right. Thank you, Lord. Pastor Madeline just did it today. She said, "I was just, I was just reading, and here's what the Lord spoke to me." Mom just did it. God gave me a See what I mean? God brings back things to our remembrance. So they were giving us God's wisdom, God's insight to help us go through COVID-19. Here's another one. Colossians three sixteen and 17 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in songs and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Isn't that awesome, everybody? Yes. Yes. Christ dwell Amen. in you richly. And there's that word in all wisdom. wisdom. As you can tell, we're big on wisdom, but that's Amen. what we must have. Amen. The word of Christ dwelling in us richly. And he said and he tells us doing what we're doing right now, teaching and admonishing one another. And we'll do it in a particular way. That's why we believe in seeing. Excuse me, singing these songs and going back to psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, because one of the things that we found out in a a long, long time ago, uh, Pastor Carol and I were heavily involved in music, producing songs and music and everything uh, when we were with youth and young adults. And God would always give us songs to go along with the teaching, because we learned that when people sing the word, they're able to remember the word.
1: So God was
0: giving us all these uh, things that we were teaching the youth and the young adults, but he always gave us a song to go along with the teaching. <laughs> so that they would remember the word, that not only the lesson, but they will remember the word of God. Uh, a few years ago, one of our spiritual daughters, um, she was reading through the book of Psalms and all of that. And she called us up and said, dad, I just realized, all those years you guys was teaching us the word. I was just I didn't realize it till I started reading the psalms and I realized now so a lot of your songs was the psalms and yeah we're like yeah yes dear. yeah yes dear that's that's what we, but she never knew it until she started reading the word for herself then she realized she had been singing the word all those years. <laughs> <laughs> to her, at that time, she was just a teenager yes. singing these really cool songs, but she didn't know she was actually singing the word until later on in her life when she started actually reading the word for herself. She discovered that those songs came from the Psalms. <laughs> and so that's why that's so important. That's why even the music that you choose, or the gospel artists or the worship artists that you choose, make sure. That they're singing stuff that's actually the word of God and the meaning in context. For <laughs> well, That's why, I mean, we've even been picky about that because there's been a lot of artists that are singing great. It sounds great. The music sounds great. Uh, but the words that they're singing are not the principles of the word of God in context.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They just heard some preacher say some fancy phrase and they made a song out of it. And then everybody sings along. And then you find out when you read the word for yourself, that's not what the Bible says, and that's not even what the Bible meant. I'll give you one of the classic ones, just to kind of, I love breaking up things and just busting some thoughts up every once in a while. Many of us have been told, uh, the race is not given to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, but to he who endures to the end. Well, that's not what the scripture says. I
1: don't know if you
0: ever knew that or not. That's not, it's not there. That's not what it says. It says the race is not given to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, but time and chance
1: happens to all. It's
0: what that scripture says. And you know what that means? It means that the the fastest person doesn't always win the race. Mm -hmm.
1: The strongest
0: person doesn't always right. want to fight. Amen. Sometimes, you know what that scripture is saying? It's saying sometimes life is unfair.
1: Yeah. That's what that
0: scripture actually means. Sometimes life is unfair. It yes. is. How many of you found that to be true?
1: Amen. <laughs>
0: it means that sometimes the the most qualified person doesn't get the job.
1: Okay.
0: The best songwriter doesn't win the Grammy. The best actor doesn't get the Oscar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The best employee doesn't get the promotion. Sometimes life is unfair. If somebody had explained that to us years ago, we wouldn't have been so angry with God when we saw those things happen. Mm We would have already known God's word already says this kind of stuff happens all the time.
1: Yeah.
0: And then more prepared. And we would have been prepared for it. Yes. Right. And what we would have done instead of getting angry with God, we would have done, we would have asked God for wisdom.
1: Amen. Amen. <laughs>
0: Isn't that awesome, everybody?
1: amen, amen. amen.
0: Lord. and then he goes on to say in verse 17 of uh, Colossians 3 uh, 16 and 70 verse 17 says and whatever you do in word or deed deed do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ right. giving thanks to God the father through him wow. and then one more to Romans 15 verse 4 for whatever things were written here's another one mm-hmm. insight from God coming from the word of God for whatever things were written before, were written for our learning, that we, through the, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Mm-hmm. I just sense God speaking to everybody so strongly on this, on this Zoom meeting today. Thank you, Lord. Can't you Thank see me. the word of God putting so many things in perspective for you? Thank you, Lord. That's why. That's how you know God is speaking to you. It'll come from his word. And this is what will be the result. We'll have patience through comfort of the scriptures that we might have hope. What hope, hope don't mean an earthly wish. Wishful thinking. The Bible's definition of hope is I will have an expectation
1: that what God
0: said is going to happen. Amen. Whatever he promised me, that is going to happen.
1: Amen. Okay.
0: Thank you, Lord. But his word, you, see, whatever things were written before, they were written for my learning. Thank you, Lord. Isn't that awesome?
1: Amen. Thank Amen. The Lord.
0: This one that we're all familiar with, for the word of God is living and powerful. That's Hebrews 4.12. The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The reason why that's it's written like that is here's the concept that, that you need to get, that the word of God is so sharp and precise, like a super sharp sword or like a, a doctor's instrument that is so, so sharp and precise that it can divide between joints and marrow. I understand I'm not a medical person, but I understand that it's hard to even distinguish between the bone and the marrow. Uh, you'd have to go at a super, super micros- microscopic level to even be able to see where the marrow begins and the bone begins, de- and all of that. Uh, but the Word of God can go down and distinguish that. And here's the reason why that's so important, because the Word of God is so precise that it can discern the thoughts and the intents of our hearts. Things that we don't even realize about ourselves. I thought I had good intentions, but when the Holy Spirit, when the word of God came to me, he showed me that even though I did some good things for people, it was really selfish. I, I really did it. I gave somebody some money because I wanted to be recognized. I went around and put in twenty dollars in the offering plate because I wanted to be recognized. I see, see, it.
1: <laughs>
0: and only the word of God can go in there and do this.
1: Why is that important?
0: So I know that God is speaking to me. He's speaking to me. It's not a coincidence that on this on this uh, prayer conference call today that uh, Pastor Madeline and Elder Maxine and Mom Dennis have all. Uh, mention about God examining us, mm-hmm. examining what's really going on inside of me. Why is that important? Because this examination is coming from God. He's given me insight. He's given all of us insight. His yes. wisdom, His perspective.
1: And it's not to fuss at us. It's no. not to make us feel bad or put us down. It's it's to expose something that could eventually be harmful to us. Yeah, and That's right.
0: Isn't that wonderful, everybody? So well, so then we're instructed, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. All of these are aspects of Jesus and aspects of the word of God itself. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And I'll stop there. We'll stop there for today. I'm. Thank you, Lord. How many of you? This has been a blessing for you today.
1: Amen.
0: Praise God. Praise God. Amen. So that's what we wanted to just to share with you. Uh, equipping you so that as you are leading your household and leading your family through this through this time with the pandemic that you aren't leading them based off of what Fox News says, CNN news said,
1: mm-hmm. and okay. Internet
0: says, and I'm not saying don't pay attention to the news. Right. I can't be led by that. Wow. I'm just I'm hearing y'all information. I'm weighing. I'm weighing what you're telling me. But everything that you're telling me, because, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I, the news came on and said, you're gonna go to the grocery store, grocery store, put a mask on. So, okay, thank you for telling me. I'll have my mask on. But the reason why I have my mask on ain't, ain't because I'm afraid of COVID-19. I'm just obeying the rules and the authority. I'm gonna go get my food. But I'm not doing it because I'm scared. I'm doing it because right. the, of the Lord law tells us to obey those who have the ruling <laughs> right. Obey that's the civil right. laws. But that's the rule. That's the policy. I'm obeying it. But I'm not walking around yeah. in the store. If my mask happens to slip down off my nose, <laughs> oh my God!
1: Oh God! <laughs>
0: no. no, no, no,
1: no. I'm
0: just obeying the rules because that's where we are in our society. That's
1: right. But
0: I'm not in fear. We're not afraid. And i'm and as we're going through this trial, I'm we're keeping the word of God, God. I want your insight. God, I want your wisdom. I don't want to be like I'm seeing, all of us are saying it. We don't want to be like what we're seeing all around us people toss to and fro. Mm-hmm. Every time there's another report out, a whole other level of panic comes out.
1: More fear. Full yeah. of
0: fear everywhere. Fear. More yeah. fear. And now the fear, as we've seen in recent weeks, is now turning into anger. And yep. uh, yep. Most people are getting getting very upset. And just so you know, and I'm not saying this to defend the protesters, because in so many ways, I do not agree with the method of their protesting, but I understand. I just understand where they're coming from. It's not just, not just economics. In many counties here in Pennsylvania, they had no cases. And so, of course, the people who had no cases are like, why do I have to be shut down just because in the cities, in Philly, and in Harrisburg, and Pittsburgh, and some of their surrounding areas, they got a problem, but we ain't got no problem here. So why we got to be shut down? And just from what I've learned in living here in Pennsylvania the last 16 years, there's been an ongoing battle between the rural communities and the urban communities. And the rural communities are always upset when policies are made based upon city problems. Mm-hmm. They've always been angry about that. Right. And so COVID-19 is absolutely a predominantly city issue because of population, because the disease spreads by so communities where they don't, they ain't got no population issue. Their farms and their houses are already two and three miles apart. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> And so they want to know why I got to be shut down when we ain't even got no COVID-19 happening here at all. Mm -hmm. They came out with their guns and their pickup trucks. Mm
1: -hmm. Screaming.
0: Mm -hmm. Why are y'all making y'all city problems our problem? Mm -hmm. That's what they're saying. I'm not saying I agree with them because disease can affect anybody. Some trucker driving through, some delivery person driving through from the city or just coming to pick up y'all stuff to take it to the city, y'all can get infected. That's what they're trying to say to them, but they don't see it that way. They see this as that's a city problem. That ain't our problem. So I'm just sharing with you just another perspective of what's out there, why you see this all happening. But our point is wisdom from God. God, what's your insight? Because that's cause otherwise they went straight to anger. They didn't start with insight from God. Wisdom and insight from God would probably tell some people, no, you can't think of this as just an urban versus rural problem. That this is a humanity issue. But they ain't seeing that. I'm going now for you messing with my money. <laughs> and people a lot of times are civil until you mess with their money <laughs> and all civility went out the window and they come driving up into Harrisburg with, did y'all see it? guns and pickup trucks
1: 100,000
0: people converged on the capital of Harrisburg last week 100,000 and now of course
1: that's a lot of that's a lot of people, lot of yes.
0: people. and yes. they, had all, they had it all jammed up and shut down the traffic yes. and everything downtown harrisburg and and that's where and i never understood this dynamic i'm sharing this with you so that all of us who are city oriented people so that we can understand because i didn't do that and i was convicted by the lord when wow. i first moved here to harrisburg because i've been a city person all of my life mm-hmm. and i never ever Ever even considered the rural community and God convicted me that I love everybody you've been so centered and so focused on your urban world that you ain't never even realized that there are some people who are actually poorer than black people there are some people who are poorer do you hear me? And I would have never known if I hadn't been in human care I hadn't been in human services and heard the stories of people living in Pennsylvania right now up in these mountains with no plumbing. I'm telling you. Jesus. God convicted me because I always been centered around black folk issues, brown folk issues, urban issues. And God's like, oh, no, there are some people not only in America, but around the world who are poorer. Than us, they have nothing of uh, God. Uh, what's your wisdom? And what he what he imparted unto me was just just have an understanding that everybody's world is not like yours. And all across the country, that's where a, a lot of most states in the United States are comprised of two or maybe three big cities, but the rest of that state is rural. That's all over the country. It's the same in almost in nearly in my state where I come from. You got St. Louis on one side of the state, you got Kansas City on the other side of the state. All in between Missouri. Rural. All rural.
1: Most of our nation is comprised of the rural well, communities.
0: That's most of America is built that way. Then Pennsylvania's the same. Got Philadelphia on one side, Pittsburgh on the other. Everything in between Rural. <laughs> and you can go state by state and look at your map sometime and look and see. You'll see this the same setup in nearly every state. There's only one, two, or three big cities in every state. And so the people that live in between, that's who's uprising. That's who are uprising. That's who's getting upset because they're saying this is not fair, that you guys are shutting down everything when most of the problem. The, all the hot spots
1: are in urban are communities. In urban
0: communities. Mm-hmm. So that's just to bring some. Why is this understanding? Why why am, I, why am I bringing this understanding? Because again, Word of God, get get wisdom. Ask in faith for with the Lord. We want, Lord, give the leaders of our country the wisdom to navigate this dual. It's a twofold problem in our country that in our urban communities, this disease is spreading fast. In in the rural communities, they don't see why they got to shut down. So we need wisdom, Lord. Give them wisdom. That's why this isn't about whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, a progressive, a liberal, or a libertarian, or conservative. This is a humanity problem. Thank you, Lord. So Lord, we just thank you for this word that you have given us. Thank you, God, for this fresh understanding of what it really means to walk by faith, to walk with insight from you and walk in agreement with you and walk in obedience to you.
1: Yes.
0: Thank you, Lord, for the fresh revelation, the fresh understanding of what it means to walk through a fiery trial like what we're going through right now in our nation, and to ask you for wisdom, and to ask in faith,
1: mm-hmm.
0: to ask expecting you to give us what we need
1: mm-hmm. yes, every Lord. day,
0: what we need to do. I just feel led to share this with, every, with many of you, and I'm sure it's already been happening to you, where sometimes you, you feel prompted to go to the store on certain days. And at certain times, and you're like, mm, mm. and then when you do go, it's a great big old crowd. I guarantee, if you had gone when the Holy Spirit told you to go, you would have found your toilet paper. <laughs> you would have found your paper products. You would have. I believe that that's what that's the kind of insight that God gives. He will. I shared with everybody on Wednesday night. I was. Uh, I had to go into work just briefly to pick up something, and uh, when I got in my car. The, the light came on and said that the tire pressure was low, so I wanted to stop at uh, a sheets uh, gas station for, to put some air in the tire. But I started to drive past it, like, no, I'll put some air in when I come back. And the Holy Spirit said, do it now. Do it now. Put the air in the tire now. So I pulled on over, went into the sheets, put, put the air in the tire, and then went on in, picked up the stuff, came back. When I came back and drove past that same sheets, and people was all over there. Lined put the, air, put the air, air in the tire.
1: <laughs> uh-huh.
0: if, I, if I hadn't done it when he said, I would have been in the line. Yes. Yeah. So it that's might- what I mean. But God will give you, I don't even want to make this all deep and super spiritual. Sometimes that's just, sometimes God can just be saving you an inconvenience,
1: yeah.
0: and yes. an irritation. Well, yeah. mm-hmm. so sometimes the wisdom that comes, it'll just be a thought. He'll just, he'll just drop a thought. Do this. Go here. Go there. Uh, go this way. Go this way. Don't go to the giant closest to you. Go to the giant on the other side of town.
1: But don't
0: be like driving all the way over there. Just do what he said.
1: <laughs>
0: There's a reason. And when you get accustomed to operating like this, doing things according to his word, then when he starts dropping spontaneous thoughts where it's not necessarily scriptural and biblical, you're so used to that peace being there that God can just tell you simple, everyday stuff to do. Mm-hmm. And you'll sense his peace and go, okay, yeah, this is God. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll do that. Thank yeah. you, Lord. He'll put some of us on each other's heart. He'll just, yeah. Don't even think about it. That's what Pastor Madeline is experiencing. God just put some folks on her, on, put, put her on people's hearts. Yeah. He said, take her some food. Yeah. Uh, take her some money. And I hear some of y'all saying, well, God put me
1: on some, somebody's heart. He will. It's <laughs> long time for <laughs> it to happen, but thank God. <laughs> Amen.
0: But that's how it is. Just, just, Lord, I'm just trusting you day to day. Thank you, Lord. Bless you.
1: Thank you,
0: Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, I want us just to continue now, and we're going to partake of a Holy Communion before we go. Just beginning right from the Word of God, 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 and 26. We're getting ours together, too, at the same time. This is Apostle Paul. He was writing to the church, giving them instruction, and he said, For I receive from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took brick. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it. Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You may take and eat. Thank you, Lord. Then he continues in verse 25. And he says, In the same manner, Uh, He also took the cup after supper. Uh, Just a little pause there, just so you know, they actually did take the time to eat. (laughs) Uh, They took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. Till he comes. And Lord, we thank you.
1: thank
0: you. And take and drink. Mm-hmm. Amen. Thank, thank you, Lord.
1: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, we
0: thank you for what you have done for us. We never take this for granted. And Father, that you sent your son. Pay an awesome and terrible price so that you could have the family that you always wanted so that mankind could be restored to you. Thank you Lord for giving us this opportunity to do this together in remembrance of you. Thank you for your body that was given for us. Thank you for the blood that was spilled for us so that we can have life and life more abundant. Lord we send forth your people uh, into this week with your grace, your favor, your protection, and your wisdom.
1: <laughs>
0: Thank you, Lord. Thank you for causing us to be prosperous in all of our ways, that our souls may be in health. Yes, wow. Lord. And that we may be in health.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Lord. In yes. Jesus' name we pray.
1: Amen. 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 Come on. It's a Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Amen.